Hello and welcome to Roll for Topic, an RPG podcast. This is a podcast where GMs discuss um, various elements of running the game. So um, let's do some quick introductions. My name is Chris Salzman. And I'm Andy Rao. Um, and Andy, what exactly um, are we going to do first here? Um, so we typically have a role at the beginning of the session. Uh, and what is that that for? Yeah, so what we do in the show, Chris, uh, mm-hmm. if you weren't aware, is we roll a D10 and we look on a chart to find out exactly what topic we'll be discussing. I have a chart in front of me labeled one, numbered 1 through 10, and you're going to roll a D10, and that's going to determine what we talk about. Okay, cool. All right, so I'm going to roll that right now. Good solid roll. Ooh, I got a 10. A 10. Okay. Uh, Chris, what we will be discussing today, according to our chart, is <laughs> how to deal with session derails. So that that would be players going off plot or players doing something that the GM was not expecting. Well, my players always stick to exactly what I was planning for, so I don't oh. know about you. Well, this but... is going to be a really short show then because my players always do the exact same. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever I prepped is exactly what they, they seem to want to do. <laughs> yeah. That's that's perfect. Yes. Yeah. This is actually a really interesting one that we rolled on because my last session was... Um, I mean, you could almost call it 100% a derail. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so this was uh, this was a session we went more or less completely off book. Um, they just decided to, you know, they were wrapping up a plot point, um, and they decided to do it in a, in a way I was not expecting um, that involved uh, most of the townsfolk <laughs> okay. in the town that they were in. Pretty much all the NPCs that they had been relating with were uh, were at this public trial of the big big bad evil person. Um, in the the campaign that they were running. So, uh, yeah, so they they held this public trial and everybody showed up. And so there was a lot of, um, like, very cool interactions between different NPCs um, and different motivations coming out out of the woodworks. And I was just kind of sitting behind the screen going, like, oh, goodness, what am I going to (laughs) do? What am I going to (laughs) do? As as it just got a a little crazier and a little crazier. Um, But, yeah, it ended up being a really, really fun session, and they had no combat roles whatsoever. Wow. This is a Dungeons & Dragons game, so that's that's sometimes rare (laughs) for that to happen. What did you feel like when you started seeing things going off of the course you had imagined it would take was that a scary feeling or were you like hey this is really fun i'm let's mm. see where this goes yeah i mean i think I, it, it depends on your gm style right i i sort of like this this thing um as long as there's a framework to fall back on you know so if they had come to a brand new town for example and we were introducing a bunch of brand new npcs then that would have been you know hard and scary but since i had a good handle on on what was going on in the town and you know who wanted what um, out of the trial, uh, it just made for for a lot of fun at that point. Yeah, I think the the other thing to, that I always try to keep in mind is, uh, you know, the players just sort of assume that you're on top of things <laughs> yes. most of the time. I guess unless you're a very bad GM um, and or you have really mean <laughs> players. <laughs> yeah, uh, so they just they, they sort of assume that you you have some sort of vision in your head. So even if you don't necessarily have it ahead of time and you're just inventing it on the fly, it, it tends to work out. <laughs> yeah, <of laughs> work course. out okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like that. You're like a duck on the water, right? You're you look calm on the surface, and you're, <laughs> yes. you're paddling. I think it's important to take a minute and assure everyone who might be listening that you are not a bad GM. You're <laughs> you're an amazing GM. Okay, just take it yes. from me and Chris. You're incredible. Yes, yes. I mean, that's why we have the podcast, right? It's just yeah. <laughs> a person who was a bad GM would not be listening to this podcast. 
Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess I'm interested, right? So that was that's very fresh in my mind. That sort of session derail. I guess. Um, you know, I guess that's a that's a very particular kind of derail. Um, I'm almost wondering the spirit of this topic might be more, you know, a player just trying something dumb or yeah. way out there. <laughs> like yes. what, what's going on? Yeah. So do you have anything that you're thinking about? Uh, well, I can tell you a story of me not knowing what to do with a player derail that mm -hmm. uh from my gaming history i distinctly remember once introducing a new player to role-playing he had not role-played before we happened to be playing the old uh, middle earth role-playing game mm -hmm. and i still remember very vividly what happened i had a plot set up the, the and the plot was that the player needed to travel from one town to another from point a to point b so straightforward right but then of course uh midway along that route uh something would come up that would divert them off of their course and that's where the adventure was right mm -hmm. so i don't remember what the exact thing was you know your kind of cl classic generic adventure is you're on the road to neverwinter and oh here's here's the wreckage of a merchant that mm -hmm. a merchant caravan or something that was ambushed and there's the the, tr the goblin tracks lead into the forest. What do you do? And the expectation is that the players, you know, will of course follow the adventure that you have planned, head off mm -hmm. of the track and go have their adventure. Well, this, and in fact, I think most veteran players n know when a GM is kind of hinting at them that, hey, this is where the adventure is. You should go down <laughs> this trail. But I was playing with someone who wasn't a veteran adventurer at all. And he was like, well, that's not, that's, when he came upon that distraction where the heart of the adventure was supposed to lie, he was like, well, that's not what I'm being paid to do. So I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to stay on the road to minus Tirith or wherever he was headed. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to do. So I just ended up saying after confirming that he was sure, and mm -hmm. I wasn't even very subtle about it. Are you sure you don't want to go follow that troll path or whatever it was? Uh, I ended up just saying, you know, well, that's the adventure you get, you know, uh, that was it. And I, I never played in a role-playing game with him again. And to my, <laughs> to my knowledge, he has never played another RPG. So yeah, well, cause he, he tried it that one time and it wasn't very fun. That's right. It, it, it genuinely was not very fun for anyone. And, uh, I, yeah, I guess I don't blame him for walking away from that session going, uh, what the heck was that? So I'm curious, right? So you've you've clearly had some time to think about this and think about what you did wrong. But um, <laughs> yeah. you know, what would you do? Like, what would Andy today do? You know, if if that happened. Great question. I I don't. This will sound terrible, but I don't exactly know what I would do in that situation. Mm -hmm. I think the probably the main problem was that the player just didn't have a big enough incentive to go off of the beaten path mm -hmm. off of the plan and into the adventure i had designed you know he was probably thinking pretty logically uh why on earth if i'm headed to city b would i allow myself to be distracted by you know a bunch of goblins or whatever it was mm -hmm. so i think what i would do now is just make sure that if i am hoping to lure players uh off of their the path they were expecting to be on uh, just to make sure that it's a that that lure has a strong enough hook in either personalities of the player characters or uh, by a, some other means mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. that I that there's a good chance that in fact they will be tempted to go follow the adventure path. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, like that's um, D and D starter set, you know, for five E, right? That's that's sort of the beginning um, part of the adventure. Is you're you're traveling from one place to another, and you run across the wreckage of an ambush. Yeah, right. But like you, like you recognize parts of that ambush as you know someone that you knew. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you know. So in in that way, like if it was just some sort of random cart that was overturned, it'd be pretty easy to to just yeah, sidestep it and keep going. Absolutely. I'm wondering about the, you know, kind of a, a subset of this question is, um, I think like, yeah, like a, a player just sort of like killing the momentum. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, have you ever had that happen where it's just, yeah, like a player just gets really interested in something that just does not have anything to do with um, what the rest of the party wants? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it happens in all sorts of different ways, right? Um, it happens with players just uh, getting it in their heads to go left when Mm -hmm. you really think they ought to be going right and you've tried to seed in their minds that they should turn right. Mm -hmm. It it also happens, you know, with players coming into the game with a different expectation for what they want to be doing. Uh, You know, uh, if if what's fun for them and what they're looking forward to doing in the game is different from what's fun for you and maybe the rest of the group, you're going to be fighting those those derails basically every time they they uh, they are talking. Have you had players like that who just like they clearly want something out of the game that they're just not going to find at your table? Yeah, I yeah definitely. I'm struggling to think of a specific example. Mm-hmm. I can't really point to too many players in my gaming history that were just enormously at odds with the rest of the group. I think that almost every player. At some point in their the career of their player characters, they're just going to want to do something that's a little different or that's, um, I don't know, they're just going to get a little bug in their minds to go explore mm-hmm. something or do something or, or make a choice or, or be stubborn about something you didn't expect them to be stubborn about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that this isn't just a topic of like, how do you deal with like the the one guy who's constantly derailing the game? And it's more a question of everybody is going to probably derail the game in a a way that's really unique to them how do you as gm kind of prepare yourself when somebody unexpectedly throws you uh you know a curveball what do you what do you think about that how about you do you do you have anyone does anyone spring to mind when we talk about player derails as someone that you've you've had a player that you've um played with who's really constantly throwing this sort of thing at you yeah um although Oddly, like the more that I think about this, in a good way, right? Like, so I think there there are derails where you know, so some people just want to watch the world burn, um, but other people, like you know, they want to explore something um, that you haven't really thought of, or you know, bring something to the game that you haven't thought of. So the, a, a couple of players that I'm thinking about in particular will will ask me about something that I haven't thought about, hmm. and in that moment. Your, your decision is either like, oh, well, there's nothing there because I didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, oh, maybe there's something there because, you know, I didn't think about it. Like, well, let's let's see. <laughs> yeah. You know, so oftentimes if that happens and I'm just totally at a loss for sort of how to answer that question, you know, if, if someone's like, oh, well, is there a secret passage in this room or is there, you know, some sort of, yeah, whatever it is. If there, is there something that I haven't seen in this room? 
Um, I'll just ask him to make a roll mm-hmm. at that point. And it's like, then you can sort of buy yourself a minute, um, which is always nice. But then, uh, you know, if it comes up with a good roll, it's like, well, why not reward that sort of that creativity? Um, I mean, there's obviously, you know, a point at which that can go kind of too far, um, you know, and where you're just people are just kind of searching for stuff just to, to yeah. see what happens when they roll. But for the, I think for the most part, I think players understand that sort of like, yeah, that tension that they've introduced, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Where, yeah. yeah, it's like, okay, well, I've just asked for something that maybe yeah, the GM hasn't fully, you know, thought through. Let's sort of see what happens. And if it's nothing, that's fine. If it is something great. And I would rarely, I guess I should just add, I would rarely gate some sort of big thing behind behind that curiosity it would, it would just be a small flavor thing is usually what i try to do how much pressure do you feel as a gm to roll with the derail versus saying uh, i don't know that's not something i planned or thought about like do you, would you could you ever you know say to a player i don't know what the name of that person is or i don't know what the i i don't know what i don't know the answer to your question or to what you're doing uh, let's, that's not what I planned, you know, let's just, let's skip it and move on. Could you ever say that? Or do you feel pressure, you know, to try and, to try and fake it until you make it? Yeah, I feel some pressure to, to fake it. Um, but I, I think that's a good, a good sort of pressure to me. Like I can be creative within a framework, um, pretty well. Um, you know, and if I have that framework too sort of solidified in my own head, it can be very hard to break out of that. Hmm. But if a player breaks me out of that, then it can be a good sort of extra thing, you know, extra flavor to add, add to the game. There's this one session that really sticks out in my mind that I ran, um, during one of my lunch games where they had decided that they wanted to go up to, you know, basically another city. So they wanted to sort of stop exactly what they were supposed to be doing and go do something that was totally separate (laughs) from what they were doing. And I I was a little scared. I was like, well, if you do that, like we're going to introduce this whole new city. And like, this is just getting so off the beaten path from what you're trying to do. Uh, But what, what I ended up doing was I gave them a choice um, in the game because they were trying to clear out a, you know, a goblin stronghold uh-huh. essentially is what they were supposed to be doing while they were on the road you know sort of up to the the other city you know i had some goblins kind of show up off in the distance so then it's like hmm. you know then it was their decision it's like if you want to keep going down this path sure we'll figure it out but also like i'm reminding you very specifically of this thing you're supposed to be doing um you know this thing that you're you're saying no to yep. right now like thankfully they kind of they took the bait if you will, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it went up towards the, you know, the goblins and, you know, things went off from there. Um, but yeah, it was an, it was an interesting moment. Cause like, that was something that's, you know, of course not written in the, the adventure for, you know, what to do if they decide that they're not going to go to the goblin stronghold. <laughs> um, you know, so I did see, think a little bit on my feet and it ended up being a really interesting combat encounter too. One thing that's occurred to me as we chat here is that when we talk, when we say the word derail, uh, mm-hmm. We are suggesting the presence of a rail, that, <laughs> yes. right? Uh, yeah. And I know d- uh, gamers have lots of different feelings about, you know, kind of railroading uh, mm-hmm. as a, a thing in adventures. So we're on a scale between uh, a, on the one hand, you have a very tightly defined plot that the player that you are, are expecting and the players to go through and that you plan to kind of nudge them along to reach mm-hmm. uh for ordained you know conclusion or plot points if that's on one end of the spectrum and on the other end of the spectrum is a there is no story uh, here's <laughs> here's just you know this is here's a region full of npcs with plot hooks and 
Uh, you make your own story. You know, mm-hmm. where do you fall when you come to a game session? Yeah, I definitely fall on the the pre-written module and end of things, um, but flavoring it as they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and partly that's just because of, of sort of the time that I have available to me um, to play. I think if I had more time in a more regular group that met, you know, for hours, hours at a time, maybe once a week, I would be more open to the like, well, let's just kind of see what happens Mm -hmm. um, sort of thing. But since, um, you know, for at least one of my groups, you know, a couple months can go past before we can meet back up. um, It's very valuable to have everything sort of written down by someone else who's thought through sort of the whole thing. Um, Because otherwise, you know, you come back to the session. It's like, well, okay, what's my character's name, first of all? And then, (laughs) you know, what what were we doing? And then if you have a module, you can kind of jump back into it and say, okay, well, we're roughly here. And let's just, you know, if you've forgotten the stuff, I can just look it up. It, It sort of puts a more burden, I think, on the GM for holding the state of the world in their head if you're doing um, pure homebrew, 100% homebrew. Um, and that's that's not where my gifts lie. I think some people are really good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's hard enough for me to juggle, you know, three NPCs, let alone everybody <laughs> that they might. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What about you? I guess where do you fall? On that yeah, I I share your general approach. I think I mm-hmm. have a lot of fondness in the abstract for the open world, uh, very little pre-written plot let's Mm -hmm. see where your character motivations and interests take the story Mm -hmm. i'm very i i'm very attracted to that idea but in practice i don't really run games like that very much for many of the same reasons you do uh sometimes there's most of my games these days are with busy adults or with my kids and their friends and yeah there could be a big gap between game sessions and uh it's when, for instance, when you have busy adults who have who are committing to get together once a month for a game session, that time is precious. You know, they're mm-hmm. that time is not being spent with their family or their work or whatever it is. And as a GM, I feel a little more pressure in sessions like that to make their time be worth it. And this might mm-hmm. be a misguided idea, but you know, if mm-hmm. if we end up kind of futzing around to no effect for three hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one of those once a month sessions that kind of feels to me like I wasted people's time that might not be the right way to think about it but that's certainly how I feel so I feel a little pressure in those cases to kind of have more of a plot that I can keep moving um, mm-hmm. and there's when you don't meet as frequently you I feel like you just can't afford some of those like filler uh, more aimless uh, distractions and sessions that when you're 13 and playing four times a week, uh, you can <laughs> easily indulge. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, so if you have the written module, it, you can introduce that next sort of big, big event that moves things forward. Like mm-hmm. you always have that written down. Um, yeah. And I think like, at least in, in D and D, which are, you know, that's the game that I'm playing right now, most heavily, it can tend to be a very silly game. Um, just, by the nature of it yeah. you know so if you if you can balance sort of the like the rails of the of the pre-written adventure with the silliness of just the party you know kind of bumbling through and you know making jokes and stuff it's like it, it's a good counterpoint to each other um right so it's like you have this sort of like very serious plot going on but then you also have the like yeah the the dwarf fell over and you know dropped his <laughs> yeah. 
mace, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or, or like, yeah, they just want to make jokes all the time or, you know, make fun of the the evil guy. You know, it's like, so like, that can be, that to me is like, yeah, it's a good balance um, between those things where I think like I would have a hard time if you had that sort of silliness of D&D, but then also it was like, well, you have to indulge in their kind of weird weird jokes because that's that's the plot points you're being given <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. which i can imagine you know teenagers playing right that can get quickly get pretty like off color and gross <laughs> yeah of course yeah yeah <laughs> but with yeah with adults i think like the the opposite happens it's just kind of like boredom and like well there's probably uh, something else i'd rather do with my time yeah um than this yeah i guess where where's the line like so when you're talking about like a derail i guess yeah where's the line between like um, someone just sort of constantly joking and then really fully sort of derailing the whole session. I think most groups probably have at least someone who's more inclined to be joking around a lot. Mm-hmm. And it probably just depends a lot on the character of your, the personalities in your group. I mean, as a, as a GM, one of the things you have to be constantly doing is reading the table. And mm-hmm. I think if you know your players pretty well, it's usually pretty clear when things are starting to go a little awry. Mm. Have you had this uh, pop up in some of your games? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, where you just have sort of gently step in or forcefully step in. <laughs> like, okay, this is this is the thing you should be focusing on. We've talked, I know you and I have talked in the past about uh, kind of filler content and that I think there are some uh, situations in role-playing games that tend to lend themselves to being derail-y. I, I So I find things start to derail when players are given a little bit too much time to figure out what they're going to do next. Mm -hmm. Um, Like a little too much time to plan what their next move is or how they're going to tackle the next challenge or to, to, to debate how they're going to respond to a job offer. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I find that sometimes when you, if, if you aren't putting a little bit of pressure on people to kind of, keep the pace going keep the momentum up people are people's brains are they're just naturally going to start drifting around and and you can find yourself getting off track sometimes maybe it's just a matter of saying all right let's you know let's wrap this up let's all let's focus he this guy needs an answer now or the sun is about to set you you know it's time to make a decision you know maybe some some in-game ways like that to just sort of um, prompt people to like okay let's get back on the road do derails happen in dungeons as much as they do in town in my experience not so much although no i I, for me most of the derails most of the derailing happens in between kind of the adventuring part of a game Mm -hmm. uh once they're out in in a dungeon or they're uh once they're on like a, in a, an environment like a dungeon, there's a lot of constraints that, that you as a GM can use to, to put pressure on them to keep moving or to keep on course. It's, it's those more open-ended things like when they're interacting with NPCs around town or they're going shopping or they're, uh, they're hanging out at the inn after their adventure. It's those times like that where there's just less inherent structure in the scene mm-hmm. that I think you're more likely to have people start getting it in their minds to do something that you weren't planning on them doing. It's, it's tough because like the, like the, the character work part of the game that tends to happen, at least in my experience um, in towns or when it, when it is a little bit more downtime. So it's like, you want to have, 
have some of that, you know, but then the adventuring part, it's a little bit harder to have, you know, a, a heart-to-heart conversation between two players. Yeah. Um, yeah, about, about whatever they, they need to talk about. But that has me wondering about introducing some of that into dungeons a bit more. Um, you know, if there's a, a way to do that. Yeah, or even just within town, like giving giving some harder limits about what's sort of what's ahead of them, rather than just being totally open. Like, yeah, like you're in town, here are your tasks. Like, we're going to kind of rapid fire take care of them, or you know, like the town's on fire. Like, you only have <laughs> yeah. a certain amount of time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, or you know, something's happening. Like the the town's town guards from or the king's guard is coming down south so you have one day to prepare right what yep. you're going to do in that one day yeah because then you can still have some of that that ability to sit down and talk but then there's also some like you got to keep moving <laughs> absolutely sometimes a derail is the player's way of telling you the kind of game they'd rather be playing than the one they're playing right now yeah uh i i could probably come up with a good number of examples here but i one area in which derails can be kind of dangerous is I, I've run a lot of Call of Cthulhu in my mm-hmm. gaming life. And that's a, a more of an investigative game where players are looking for clues and uh, trying to unravel mysteries. And in games like that, it's not too hard for players to follow red herrings or to, you know, to to think that some random NPC you didn't even, you don't even have a name for is the villain they need to... <laughs> you know, uh, that's certainly happened. But uh, like, for example, I was talking about sometimes they're kind of telling you the kind of game they would like to be playing. I remember in one Call of Cthulhu game, one of the characters was had a background as being like a, a psychic. And mm. when they rolled up the character, I didn't really think that the psychic character was going to be like a real psychic with actual psychic powers. I just thought it was a flavorful background. Yeah. And once we started the game, it became clear that the player uh, the player had envisioned their character as a psychic with psychic powers. Uh, oh. And so they at all of the scenes they were visiting, the player was saying, you know, I'm going to I'm going to, you know, touch the murder weapon and focus and what kind of vision do I see or what? And I had no idea. Uh, yeah. I and it ended up being kind of terrifyingly fun. As yeah. I switched from what I thought was going to be a pretty, you know, gritty, straightforward detective mystery story to a psychic detectives following. And it was clearly the players were having a lot of fun with it. And they thought it was really cool that the player was mm-hmm. getting these psychic flashes. And I was just kind of madly making up on the spot like these, <laughs> yes. you know, visions and, and psychic clues this person could be getting. And yeah. I had no idea where it was all going to end. It ended, yeah. it had, it had, it ended up being really fun. And that's something I look at. And that was as a, an example where the player just had a different idea of, of what was fun about their character than, than I did. I'm glad that I didn't say, oh, hey, no, actually, you're, you don't actually have real psychic powers. That's just a, that's just mm-hmm. a, fla- a piece of flavor background. I'm glad that I, didn't, that I resisted the urge to do that because I certainly had that urge. And instead, I just kind of did this panicky, sure, you, you're seeing... <laughs> you see a vision or you're hearing voices or something. I'm, I'm glad that I tried to run with it, even if, if I definitely wasn't completely successful with it because, I don't know, people had more fun and, I, and it ended up being a neat part of the game. That's, uh, it's like there's, there's almost a difference between 
a derail that snaps you out of your your thing that you have planned and a derail that's just you know someone that needs to goof off for a minute because they need to blow off some steam <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and you know one thing we didn't do at the beginning of this discussion was define you know what a derail is mm-hmm. you know because there's all kinds of derails right there's there's derails because somebody won't stop cracking jokes in your serious horror game mm-hmm. uh, and there's derails because the players just make a uh an an in-game decision that throws away a huge amount of the planning that you've done. You know, there's there's all kinds of ways that games can go awry, and so maybe mm-hmm. this maybe this conversation is at risk of getting a little too broad. But um, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like yeah. So so derails can be good for the GM. Yes, <laughs> where we really came came around. Yeah, the the question as written was you know how do you, how to stop derails from happening. That's, Yes. Like, no, let more of them happen. Yes. Wow. We've really come around in just our short discussion here, Chris. (laughs) Yes. Um, I have one one little final story, and then we should wrap up. Um, So I I was running a one-shot one time in which the the one-shot was literally a train heist, and... Uh, a couple of the players did not want to get on the train. <laughs> so it was like the, the derail almost actually happened because it was just like, okay. why, why, aren't you, why aren't you getting on the rails that I presented to you? <laughs> oh my goodness, Chris. This story, yeah. oh, this story would have been perfect if they had actually literally derailed <laughs> the train yes. against your wishes. Uh, that yes. would have been the perfect closer uh, to this discussion. Yeah, it really would have been. Um, yeah, I, I need to revive that. That train heist was really good. And the thing that I learned from it was that I just needed to start on the train, not um, try to get them to get onto the train. Oh, yes. Yeah, if you do have to, if you are really counting on the players turning left instead of right, you mm-hmm. you need to maybe start the game with them turning left. Uh, yes, not... already turning left. And then a quick flashback to before. <laughs> <Yeah. but you're... laughs> All right, well, let's let's wrap up there. Um, again, this has been Roll for Topic, and my name is Chris Salzman. And I'm Andy Rao. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.